Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. We're back! It's the first proper pod of the new season. Uh, I'm so excited to be back. The summer has flown by. And joining me, of course, we've got James Endicott. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this, uh, this summer. Yeah. Well, the rain. Yeah, it's raining. Yeah, it it's raining. It's disgusting, actually. The weather's disgusting. <laughs> Roll on the football season is what I say. Agreed. You know, agreed. It's, it's quite funny, isn't it? Because today the Ashes start as well, don't they? No. Do they? Apparently. No. Or is it tomorrow? This is the second test. Well, stop. Brilliant. Back on the sort of cricket podcast. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Boyce. Hey, GD. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good to see you again. Welcome back from Edinburgh. Thanks, man. And congratulations. Thank Father you very much. for a third time. Indeed. Uh, wow. Was, thank you very much. I'm pleased it wasn't a boy because uh took out all the Palace players' names <laughs> and... Uh, Finally got a little girl to uh, to bring into the world. And, uh, yeah, Top great to man. be here. And Tom Maslona, Hello, looking Jim. very tanned. Thank you, mate. I haven't been away. I'm a week <laughs> away from GCC results, so not mine. <laughs> <laughs> My year 11 classes, so, uh, yeah, a bit nervous at the moment. Nervous, nervous. Okay. Well, I mean, let's talk about nerves then, uh, going into the first game of the season, which was Everton at home. Oh, oh I should have said as well, uh, for this podcast, and in fact, continuing, we are in partnership with The Athletic. Ooh. Uh, if you guys have seen The Athletic, I've they launched it, yeah. in the UK. Very exciting. We'll talk more about that later in the pod. Okay. I just want to say thank you to The Athletic for their support for this season. Very excited about that. Right. Everton at home. Uh, nil 0 draw to kick the season off. Um, Enders, let me put this to you. I, it was always going to be a nil-nil. Obviously, right? we've yeah. only ever beaten Everton once at home in the Premier League. That was 1994 or five around then. Wow. Um, and in fact, for the last five games at Sellers between the two teams, have been draws. We can't score goals, no. especially at Sellers, and our mm. defence is solid. It was always going to be nil-nil. It was always going to be nil-nil, and also with all the all the shenanigans leading up to it as well, with players coming and going, and us taking their players, and one of our players maybe going there. There was all this. Oh, you, and you, you just know, and it's you know. 
I know we're only maybe two or three minutes into the podcast, but it was typical Palace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> we did a little buzz off that. But we? you know what? Even saying that, it was nil-nil. So on a piece of paper, you look at it and just think, oh, that must have been a terrible start to the season. Both both teams, I guess, were under strength, maybe not feeling their full full strength eleven. But um, you know, I, I I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was a I thought it was a wonderful atmosphere. It was good to be back. It was a nice day, and it. it it just it felt good to be back at Selhurst Park, and I thought the team equipped themselves well. We'll go into more detail later, obviously, but um, no, I thought it was good against a very good Everton team, who actually were a little bit under par, to be fair. But as 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 were we. Well, okay. this is the thing: Everton are almost certainly going to finish seventh or thereabouts this season, so yeah, it's still a, do, it's yeah. still a good point. And I missed the game. I was in Edinburgh doing our comedy show, and um, actually being in Edinburgh is amazing because I've just not been online for ages. So I've missed. There's been, they, little, there's been a lot of meltdowns online, hasn't there? Do they not yeah. have the internet in Scotland? It hasn't got there yet. Oh, really? No, it hasn't oh, quite got such there. Such a shame. Yeah. Isn't it? Such a lovely country as I well. I know, beautiful, but, you know, behind the times. Yeah. Um, so, actually, I've missed a lot of the meltdowns, but it's interesting hearing you guys say, and we'll hear from Jesse and Tom in a minute, that um, it, was qu- it was quite a fun day. Because on paper, I saw that result and thought, nil-nil. Oh, OK, we'll take that, but it's not, it's not amazing. I can imagine that people might have got frustrated. But, I mean, Jesse, you, you were saying it was, you know, the vibe you took away from it was, was quite a positive one. Well, yeah, I, was, I think I was pleasantly surprised because um, there was obviously a lot of conjecture as you've uh, alluded to about the lack of signings or the strengthening in the wrong areas should we call it I'm sure we'll come into that in more detail oh, yes. but, but yeah we you know if I think about it uh, Gaeta had a couple of uh, great saves in succession there clean sheet never never a bad thing I think his record of clean sheets is, is pretty impressive now Wardy didn't seem to get targeted too much or he dealt with it, didn't have his feathers ruffled too yeah, much. Yeah, because I think Wardy was one that people might be, would be worried about this season. Yeah, I noticed that I mean, Kelly and Dan were alert and alive to everything, reacting well in the box. I, I think where I was, I've moved seats now, so I'm down by the tunnel and um, got a really good view of PVA, which is, let's, let's say, could go either way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I think Dan, it was really interesting seeing Dan really vocal to him. Dan was really pointing at him and telling him what to do and shouting at him where to be. So that was interesting. See, so the back four and well, the back five um, probably gave us the clean sheet. Let's say. Yeah. Um, and then at the other end, there's obviously not a, not a lot um, to enthuse about, other than they were sort of solid. Uh, and AU rightfully got um, a lot of praise for his yeah. performance. But let's be honest, no more impressive than the Calvin Andrews, the Wayne Andrews, the Pablo Canages in Palace history. That's very harsh. He's not that He scored one goal for us, right? He's got two goals. One was against Grimsby. Why did we sign this fella? He scored against Grimsby in the cup, which was a very important goal. He was busy. He was very busy, wasn't he? I'll be busy for nothing. I mean... Yeah, I think I think we will we'll delve into that in some more detail. We do have an IU question later on, but I, I mean, but I want to last last thing yeah. on that. Last thing is once the dust has settled, I think I was quite relieved just to uh, realise that we came across a misfiring Everton, because if you think about that ball that fell to Sigurdsson, he's the last player in their team you want that to fall to, and any after a few games he's he's burying that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So and then Calvin Andrew, uh, sorry, what's his name? <laughs> Uh, it's on the brain, uh, mate. Calvert Lewin, is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Um, he he had a header that he glanced wide as yeah. well, right? On another day, those are going in. Yeah. So I think I was quite relieved that we our current the current makeup of our team came up against that. If you put ourselves in Norwich's shoes or West yeah, Ham's shoes, exactly. it would have been a lot more of an implosion. Yeah. As the start of the season, so we've got to take that into context as well. Yeah, and I guess you look at those results. You know, West Ham losing to Man City and, and Norwich. We're, we're not. It's never that bad at Palace. It, we get frustrated, don't we? But and especially going into this season, I would argue our squad is is well, I think it definitely is weaker than last season's. But what was your overriding emotions then, Tom, after this game? Were you were you feeling like things are going to be okay? That we're going to struggle, or how are you feeling? I'm different to you three guys because I I think we'll struggle. I haven't decided yet. Um, but <laughs> but um, I think bearing in mind the result in the previous week against Berlin mm. um, and the performance there to get anything out of the Everton game is is a relief. Um, I said, as soon as I saw you guys, I said, has there ever been a result that sums up Palace in the Prem more than 0-0 against Everton? Because, yeah. as, as you've all rightly said, we don't score goals and yet defensively we're not bad. Um, I think it's reasonable to get a point on the board, um, but I'm worried about us. I, I, I generally have concerns over, over the course of this season. Was there anything from Saturday that, that concerned you then? Um, <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have concerns and I'm sure... Having spoken to you, we're going to go on to this, but I have concerns about the makeup of the side and the fact that 
and the squad itself and the fact that um, the failures from last year haven't been addressed. You know, and um, we still seem fairly limited going forward. We haven't signed a forward and we haven't signed a replacement right back, even though we had about 10 weeks to do it and 50 million in the bank. Um, and we signed players, I think we've actually pulled names out of a hat in the last week before the transfer window closed. I think there's no strategy, which again, I think we're going to come on to. So yeah, I have numerous concerns. I don't know how we're going to break down sides at home. Um, you wonder what Will's attitude is going to be. Um, so yeah, quite well. Yeah, and I think, those, I mean, those are actually concerns that we've probably said on this podcast the last couple of years, really, in yeah, terms of transfer it's stuff. not and really any different, is it? It's not different no. and, and breaking people down, but just staying on the game, on the Everton game, were there any performances that sort of stood out for you, Enders, that, that either surprised or disappointed you, where you thought, I mean, bear in mind, our bench was very, looked very strong mm-hmm. with a lot of those new lads on there, yeah, which, yeah. which is good. And yeah. we had times last season where the bench was, was not strong at all. Yeah. And you know there's going to be injuries as well this season. And again, we had that last season as well. But was there, any, was there anything that sort of from the game specifically that you thought, oh, OK, this is, in, this is interesting, this, this person impressed me or, or didn't? I don't think there's any, any one particular player that impressed me. I just think the... I just think the whole performance, considering it's the first game of the season, considering what I think will be our strongest eleven, was not out there. Yeah. Um, considering all the all the stuff that had been going on about Wilf going or coming, handing in transfer requests and all that, you know, it's whatever you say, it's bound to have some effects on the players, as as it does on 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 the crowd and the and the club in general. I think putting all those things into consideration, I'm spinning it in the fact that we. As Jessica said, we got a clean sheet. You know, yeah. we got a clean sheet. We didn't threaten up, f- up front like we can do. I don't think Andros had a great game. Uh, Wilf obviously was only on for like the last 20, 25 minutes. Uh, tried hard, you know, wanted to be the man, you know, had a chance to become the saviour as usual. But, you know, there was there was no... I think we lacked a lot of creativity in midfield yeah. as usual. Um, all the usual concerns, but taking into account that it's not our our full strength 11 and it was the first game of the season and it was very windy of course it was very God, windy God, I, consider that wind, I mean that I mean windy Jürgen I mean Klopp. windy Miller it was definitely windy Miller wasn't it yeah um you know all, all that considering I, I I walked away uh, yeah and again you know, we didn't lose a game yeah you know? and there's been many many a season where we started off we've not had a point for oh God. four or five games yeah. more you mm. know so well and also and you know things will become clearer in the next few weeks and we've got a few tough games coming up we've got some more winnable games so and they always say, don't they, sort of judge the table after 10 games. And we will, I think, after four or five games, we'll get a clearer indication of, of how we're doing. But And obviously, again, I wasn't there, so I'm stressing that big time. Um, but Kelly and Dan at centre-back, which you mentioned earlier, obviously we signed Cahill in the transfer window, which I want to talk to you guys later about. Interesting signing. Tompkins and Sacco were obviously our first choice, and they're out injured. But Kelly and Dan, just they always do a job for us, don't they? They're, they're very reliable. And again, they were on Saturday. They never seem to take their place for granted when they get their chance. They, especially Kelly, always looks hungry. And I, I think he's one of our unsung heroes of the last two yeah. or three seasons, Martin Kelly. Without a doubt, he always puts in a shift. He's he's not the greatest player we've got. He's not the greatest centre back, but you can, in a sense, you can always rely on him. You can, yeah. you, you can rely. On, and there were one or two stops that he made, which were exceptional. He's had a sort of redemption, hasn't he? Because obviously, Pardew played him out in left back, which killed his confidence. Mm. Um, and it, I. I the day he joined, Tony Pulis left, which also killed his confidence, I'd imagine. But he's recovered, hasn't he, Tom? And he's actually become a bit of a, a fan's favourite, if not like the most, the sexiest player in the world. Although he's got nice hair, to be fair to him. He has. Uh, I think, <laughs> um, I don't mean to be disparaging, I think um, Palace supporters tend to like players who give their all and yeah. run around a lot and yeah. slide into tackles. You know, I call it the Akiriolati syndrome. <laughs> Um, oh, you could annoy you know, a lot of people with that one. You well, are so I, negative I just, today. I, I, What's wrong with you? I, I just, I think he's reasonably limited, but I think he gives his all. I think he's a reasonable defender, and I think coupled with when you put him with Dan, who, let's not forget, before his injury, he was a yeah, decent yeah. defender. Yeah, you know, and people were talking about him as a potential England yeah. squad player. And quite rightly, I think at the time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I think the two of them work well together. I don't see it as a long-term solution, as you said, Tonkins and Sacco, first choice, and you know. I think, I know Adam used to say this a lot last year, we had a couple of jewels in the crown, which were Mamadou Sacco, yeah. AWB and Wilf, yeah. and you want those three in the side. Yeah. You know, so... Well, so the as... fact that we actually played this game basically without all three of those yeah. and Wilf for a little bit, I yeah. guess it probably is a... Jim, it's not bad, is it's it? It's a positive. You know, it's a clean sheet. It's a point. Um, long term going forward, I don't think it's sustainable. 
Yeah, and I said there will be a lot of people listening who I think will share Tom's mm. worries as yeah. well. And I think we all do to a level, don't we? But, yeah. I but, think, no, we, we do. And I understand what Tom's saying. And I think, you know, depending on what side of the bed you get out is depending how you feel on it. You obviously got out, 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 out of our marital bed the wrong side this morning, Tom. Whereas, whereas when I got out... Did you hear that she left me? Too? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. Did you just kill me? That. Oh, man. Uh, rewind, rewind. Right, it doesn't have to, but yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. It's too brutal. I'm talking metaphorically. Yeah. Start yes. the season as we mean to go on. Right, I think we should end there. Actually, for part one, Uh, we've covered a lot of bases. Um, In part two, uh, we're going to talk about Wilfred Zaha. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. We're still here. We're still here. Me and James are out of rock. Pod 293, by the way. Wow. That's That's not creeping up to that 300. If there's anyone out there who's listened to all of them apart from you, Jim. yeah, I actually haven't listened to Bloom. <laughs> Get the audio file, send it to Audio Boom. Um, yeah, I wonder. My dad might have done. Mm. I think my dad's probably listened to all of them. Shout out to JD Senior. Nice um, okay, so briefly then, I'll do a quick chat on Wilf, because obviously, as you said earlier, he was not just the talk of Palace in the summer, but pretty much the transfer that everyone was talking about, possibly going to Arsenal. Um, and I saw on the BBS, uh, a few days before the Everton game, a post, a whole thread actually, that said, after, after Arsenal signed Pepe and decided Wilf was staying, how do we treat Wilf now? I thought that was a slightly unfair question to ask, because... I personally would say, well, he's still Palace, so we'll, tr- we'll treat him as we've always done. But what's your opinion on, on that, Tom? After everything that's gone, we knew he wanted to leave. Um, his brothers and his agents actually spun stuff in the press. He didn't. He's now back, and he's got him at least till January. Has your opinion changed on Wilf at all? No, not at all. And there was actually a similar thread on AWB. Um, do we care how he gets on? Now he's left for United, something like that. Um, I, I think, you know, you can look at the transfer request. Should he have done it? A couple of days before the season, ideally not. Mm. Um, I think this is a young man who's been really poorly advised. Yeah. And I saw a tweet that, Jess, you you actually posted about the fact that he'd signed the contract and that was really naive. And, you know, but that makes me think that there was some kind of agreement between Parrish and, and Wilf that, and possibly his agent that um, Wilf would sign that contract with a view to us getting best dollar and, um, and then nobody was willing to pay it. You know, but... I think it goes back longer than that. You know, I, it's actually the anniversary of my first ever Palace game next week, 38 years ago. Wow. Palace Birmingham pre-season friendly, 1-0. Wilf was great that game, wasn't he? Floodlights <laughs> went out. But Who scored? What I was going to say, Paul Hinshawood. What I was going to say is, it's a penalty. What I was going to say is, in that 38 years, I think we've had two opportunities to break the glass ceiling that's above our head and become something that we're not. And... I don't want to appear long-winded here, but in 1991, we finished third. And that summer, we signed Lee Sinnott yeah. from Bradford and Chris Coleman from Swansea. And Leeds, who finished fourth, signed Dorigo, uh, Wallace, and a little while later, Eric Cantona. Yeah. Now, we were also denied our place in Europe that year. But Ian Wright looked at that and thought, we're not going anywhere. I'm not going to win anything at Palace. And he joined the champions a couple of months later. Now, you and I have spoken on the pod extra, free to pod. You and I have spoken about... <laughs> Uh, the end of the 2018 season yeah. and I remember doing the pod extra with you at Stoke yeah. and what a day, Roy ch- what a day but Roy challenged the chairman at the yes. press conference and said sign me some players and sign them now um, so I can integrate them into the squad we played some fantastic football at the end of that, that season Loftus Cheek went back to Chelsea goodbye went to the Middle East um, and we didn't sign any players until the last week of that transfer window and you look at Meyer you know Whatever your opinion is on him, he didn't integrate into the squad probably because of that. Now, I think Wilf has looked at that and I've heard that he was unhappy in that season. Mm. I think Wilf has looked at that and thought, we are not going to push forward. You know, the chairman made assurances to him that we're going to sign players and, and we're trying to break through this glass window. But the proof of the pudding is we haven't done that. And I think he's frustrated. I think he wants out. You know, I don't think it's, it's difficult to understand that. Do I think he wanted to go to Everton? No. But I think... Uh, my feeling is he was so disillusioned that he'd have gone anywhere just to get yeah. away from Palace. It did feel like Enders, didn't it? it? In the last few days, it did feel like a little bit like he was just angling for a move 
anywhere. And look, he's he's constantly being referred to as the best player outside the top six, and 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 has done for a long time. You know, and he's. And I don't think that's unfair. No, and he's also spent a majority of the summer with a lot of players who play in the top six and and world class players. And you know, he's he's. He's not getting any younger. I mean, he is young still, but he's, you know, he's probably a year or two from his absolute He's nearly 27. So, you know, I reckon, I don't know what the age is now for your peak fitness. Mine's about 54. (laughs) Um, But, you know, um, I don't know when it is, but it's it's in the next couple of years. So he's, you know, and we all know that all great players play better with better players around them. There's that, there's the other side of the whole Will situation about, you know, him being a big fish in our small pond and he likes, and I've always being of of the thing that he likes to carry the weight of the club on his shoulders and I think and I think to an extent he does. Yeah. And I think he loves being the centre of attention at Palace and he loves and he craves that. But at the same time there's the other side of him. There's another side of him where he's a sportsman, he's a professional sportsman yeah. and wants to be of course. as be, as good as he can be. And at the moment he's not. And he's and as long as he stays at Palace, he's not going to be the player that he can be. The other yeah. the other thing there is AWB got his move after one year to Man United. Yeah. And well he got after eighteen months of being a first team player. And I bet Wilf looked at that and thought, yeah. Wow, that should be me. And I know it was him. It was I, yeah. I, I, I see talk of we made Wilf, we saved him, we gave him an opportunity, we created an environment for him where he could succeed. We didn't make him. If we could make him, let's make ten others like Wilf. Yeah. You know, quite simply, the guy is is talented. He's an exceptional player, and I think, you know, and I'll probably get slaughtered for this, but the time has come where he doesn't want to be surrounded by Joel Ward and James MacArthur playing sideways balls. He wants to play with people who are on a similar level and see how far he can get. And you know, I also think, and I've never earned anywhere near that sum of money. I think there's a time where you earn such an amount of money that it doesn't become about finance anymore. Yeah. It becomes to someone like Wilf, like Ian Wright. It becomes about hunger. It becomes about success. And the chairman, to me, has not backed Wilf. He hasn't backed what he says in public. He hasn't backed the club to try and push forward. And I see us limping along. I genuinely do. And, you know, Wilf got a lot of criticism. Oh, he's handed a transfer because he wants to go to Everton. Why does he want to go to Everton? But it's, it's, it's deeper rooted than that. And I think people need to look at it a little, little bit more deeply. Uh, but it's hard, though, isn't it? Because everyone wants the best out of the deal. Wilf... Mm wants to go to the best club possible. Palace want to recoup as much as they can for their star player. Everyone wants the best out of it. And invariably in these kind of things, no no one that someone loses. I think it's I think I think we can we can win out of this situation. I think if it's managed correctly by the people around Wilf, they'll say, look, you've got now until the end of December. You basically save save Palace in between now and the end of yeah. December. Save them. And so earn that move. Make sure they, they don't go down by the beginning of January. And yeah. then you can make your move. And also, your stock will rise so much yeah, because yeah. you've single-handedly saved this club. I'm being very dramatic and yeah, over the yeah. top about it, but you know what I'm saying. He, he's got a chance now. Rather than him sulking in the wings and sulking for the next few months to get his move, which he p- could potentially do, depends what he's hearing, depends what's around him, and it's, and it's up to the chairman, as Tom says, as the chairman, it's it it's up to the management and it's up to his teammates to get the best out of him because we may only have him for un, until January. Yeah, well, this is another thing as so well. So he, he has to, he, he's got to look at himself and go, right, I'm here. I love this club. We all know he loves Crystal Palace. He loves the club, but he's maybe got to the end of his time there. Mm. Just you've got a few months to prove yourself and then you can go to your, your Chelsea or your Arsenal yeah. or your United, wherever you've got to end up. But just get down and buckle down and do it. And when he came over those 20 minutes on Saturday, you could see that there was a little, there was definitely a bit of hunger. Yeah. There's a bit of hunger. Yes, he's surrounded by players that are not as good as him and it's going to be difficult for him and he's going to get frustrated because he's that he's that type of player but I think we as a club could benefit from this yeah situation. and that we know that when Will's playing with that hunger like he did you know the Bournemouth game in the last season he's basically unplayable he's I mean totally bouncing off those players yeah. uh, we had a few questions I'm going to put this to Jesse from Jerry Cole hi Jerry he says hiya uh Will, hiya. <laughs> legend will Wilf leave in January or summer 2020 I think it will be next summer how do the FYP panel think Best wishes, Jerry. It's nice, isn't it? That's no, lovely. Thanks, Jerry. Well, traditionally, the January window is is a difficult one for big signings to, to get made because they, there's a lot of planning involved. The prices are distorted on an even crazier level. I think it's sort of well documented that the big moves don't really happen in yeah. January. But you do sort of see them. You've got the anomalies like Torres when he went that time. Yeah. That in January, wasn't it? From, yeah. 50 million. Yeah. So 
it might be one of those cases where it does happen. I think I think Enders is right. I think he's he's really got to try and um, he's in the shop window more than ever before, right? So it's well, he's actually it's, he's made it official that he wants to leave for the first time, and I think there'll be a lot of eyes on him to see if he is the, the guy that he's not got any European restrictions on him. Basically, walk into a Champions League team and play. Yeah. So I think yeah, he's in the shop window more than ever before. Um, I totally agree. And how will you feel, Jesse, when he does inevitably go? And I think it will be probably next summer. Well, because that will be it. He's not coming back this time, is he? Well, I was quite relieved on a personal level because I got a picture with him when he was seventeen with my seven-year-old who was then one, and I need to get the picture of them both together again one more time just to kind of close close the loop. <laughs> yeah. So I was pleased just to get a few more months to get that picture. <laughs> Good. So, uh, Good. I'll, make, I'll make that happen. So on a personal level, you're um, delighted. Right. But I think that um, I don't think his head's been right for a year or so. I think if you look at his stats, because I've had I've had it out on a few WhatsApp chats, uh, shout out. And uh, I think that if you look at his stats for the under Allardyce, that was his best ever period for us, and that's taken into account more than goals and assists. I think which totaled about twenty together. Wow. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got about ten or eleven assists and eight goals or something. But it's more than that. It's everything else around his ball retention, completed pass. If you look at that, these stats under Allardyce or that season, let's yeah. face it, when Pardew left, yeah. <laughs> I think that that was his best period. And under Roy, he's never quite got... But at the same time, Roy's played him out of position up front, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, or at least we've not made use of wing play in the way that we would... How many assists should he have for Pinteke, for example? Yeah. So I think that... And that's... I can't get over that, to be honest. That annoys me a little bit, that he's always seems to me to be a little underperforming under Roy a mm. little bit. Um, I think there's an argument for that, but I think. Yes, do you think that's the reason why people haven't stumped up the money? Yeah, well, I think yeah, because we know he's the best player outside the top six. That is not in doubt to us. He's better than a lot of players in the top six. But I think that there is it's an amazing perception that he's not worth that amount yeah, of money exactly, that will get yeah. him that move. And I don't think any of us quite can scratch our heads at that. We know he's worth that money to us, but he's also can do a great job. He's better than Mares for me. But I think that. Yeah, maybe. And then this is why he needs to take advantage of this shop window to get in the move. If he gets the move to a Champions League club, even if it's in Europe, uh, I prefer to see him go there. I think he's better than uh, the Premier. I think he can do a job for a Champions League team outside the UK. But I think we won't begrudge him it. But he's just kind of got to just keep his head screwed on for the next few months. And then hopefully we get the money and we invest it well. Um, well, that's, oh, <laughs> that's very that's much impossible. Yeah. another debate for a different part of the podcast. Okay, let's leave it there. That's good. And I'm sure we'll be talking about Wilf more often on the podcast. Um, after the break, we're going to be introducing our new partners for this season, The Athletic. Welcome back to the Flappy Plant Podcast. First proper pod of the new season. Right, we are very excited to introduce our partners for this season, which is The Athletic. Um, have you, guys, to, you guys heard about them? Not Charlton. Subscribed, yep. Not Charlton. No, not Charlton. <laughs> Obviously not Charlton. Um, yeah, they've been making a big yeah. splash, haven't they? Um, they've signed up a massive team of world-class writers covering every Premier League club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace with friends of the pod, Ed Malian, Matt Wisnam and Dom Fifield, who will be moving across soon. But they've also got the likes of Michael Cox, Jack Lang, Oliver Kay, Adam Hurry, Jack Pitt-Brook, David Ornstein... Ooh. Rafa Honigstein Ooh. and Rafa Benitez and Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Taylor from the and Daniel well. Taylor they've, they've, they've hoovered up some incredible talent and just a little quick overview for you um, they're a subscription based app and website um, and they are completely ad free so there's no adverts no annoying pop-ups just brilliant articles welcome to the new home of football writing and when you sign up, you don't just get Palace content or Premier League content, but also European and also across their complete football content library, which, of course, includes US sports stuff. So if you're into your US sports... Uh, very... Baseball. I'm into baseball. and yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, they do yeah. loads of baseball stuff. So they are supporting us for the season, and each week we're going to pick out an article uh, on Palace from their app and discuss it. And this week's article is by Matt Wisnam, and it's called The Lights Are On At Sellers Park, But There's No Strikers At Home. And there's a very interesting... Article. I mean, it's a very good piece. I'm sure we can, we can all agree with that. Yeah. Uh, we can all relate to it, certainly. But there's, an, there's a paragraph here that says, um, there's too few creative players in Palace's squad who can play the splitting passes needed to unlock a rigid defence. Max Mai is one of them, but he felt underused on the left side of midfield last season, playing just 1,415 minutes of a possible 3,420 in the league. His stature means he's not necessarily suited to a central berth in the Hodgson system. 
On occasions last season, he was excellent, an excellent impact substitute in the centre, but when he started, he tended to flatter to deceive. Now, Maya, apparently, Tom, had quite a good game on Saturday, but did miss a big chance later on. I was very critical of Maya last season. I'm hoping this might be sort of sec- second season settled in the Premier League. This could be the year for him. Is this the season we see the best out of Maya, or is he going to flatter to deceive again? Oh, I think um, we'll find out what he's about. You know, and the amount of pod extras we had talking about him, comparing him to Barry Bannon, Johnny Williams, yeah. perhaps unfairly. But um, he did flatter to deceive. I don't, I don't know. You know, we talked about this so many times. I don't, still don't know what, what his best position is. Yeah. I don't think it's left of a four, that's for sure. But um, I don't think he was given, and I touched upon this earlier, I don't think he was given the best possible chance of success by signing so late so soon before the start of last season. He couldn't integrate into the squad. Someone coming from Germany hadn't played in the Premier League before. So he's had a full summer behind him. He looked better in pre-season. So I think we'll find out whether he has got it or not this year. And and Enders, where do you think his best position is? Because obviously Matt's alluding to him there sort of being out on the left and not quite as effective. But in the middle, it's physical. And we've got McCarthy in there as well. Now we've got some, you know, Coyote from last season. I think, you know, he's... he's He's possibly our, our most, our potentially our most creative midfielder. I would like to see him in the middle, but backed up with somebody who could put their foot in, a la Sean Derry type, you know, yeah. who could put get get needled in. Um, he was, he was, I thought he was. He seemed a lot more of a complete player on Saturday than I've seen him the whole of last season. He seemed a lot fitter. He seemed more up for it. He seemed more in tune with the the rest of the players, the rest of the team. Still, I'm, I'm, you know, for me, the jury's still out. I've, I've, I've seen him, I've seen odd glimpses of what, what we've been told he can do. I've seen the odd little movement, the odd little pass. Um, it's such a shame he didn't bury that chance at the weekend because I think that would have really, really boosted his confidence. I think, even though he's not an out-and-out striker, I think he needs a goal or a great assist to really sort of get him going. You know, I really want him to do well. Of course I do. I'm a Palace fan and he's a Palace player. I want him to do well. I just don't know if he's the player that we all want him to be. I I think if he plays, I would think he'd probably want to play or possibly want to play in the middle. But then you probably have to play two behind him, which means you're playing five across the middle and only one up front. Yeah. And then is Roy going to be prepared to play Wilf and Andros out wide? Because then theoretically you're looking at someone like Kiate and Luca behind Mayer. And then what happens to Camarasa? What happens to um, McCarthy? Yeah, Camarasa, of course, yeah. What happens to McCarthy? So I think he, you know, and we haven't talked about ta- transfer strategy yet, but I think he's got a lot of central players now. Yeah. And I wonder how he's going to incorporate all those players into a system because I think that's probably where Meyer's best fit. Yeah, and wasn't that interesting as well on the move where he that came about to create that chance? Andros was strangely in the middle, mm. and Benteke I think had passed it into him the first yeah. time. Andros yeah. went straight through to him. It was just so weird to see where our players combine completely out of position, but so effectively. Mm. It, I, I, something else, and this is critical, but he's got to score that chance. You know, someone at his level, someone at Premier League level, that is not a difficult opportunity. Is it? It's and, just a confidence thing. Uh, Jim, I just I know think he's, a lot, but... he's 10 yards from goal just to keep it to be a lot of space either side of the keeper. You know, I think a player at our level should be scoring that. And, you know, that does make you wonder, is there someone there who's, who's naturally in front of goal, who will get goals? Because I think someone with attacking flair would take that chance. I think Mitchie would have probably buried that last season. And again, oh, we'll come on to yeah. whether he's think, not been replaced I this think... season. But then better, we've seen Benteke. We know he's good in front of goal and he's missed loads of chances last season. Well, the thing with Mayer is... he. Hadn't played at all last year, so I think he was frozen out. Was it who was it? Schalke? He was that. Yeah, yeah. He was frozen out because yeah. he had bigger ideas. Yeah, and so he didn't play for the rest of the season, and then joined us at uh, the last minute, like most players do, um, <laughs> just just before the season started. So not only was he, he he didn't have a preseason, he didn't have a second half to the season. Yeah. So of course he was out of shape and out of sorts when he started with us, and all the expectations that came with it, and Roy wouldn't start him for a long time. It was very much him just getting back to full fitness and bedding in to a whole new league and new culture. Now he looks uh, a lot more prepared. I think just on, on surface level because we yeah. don't know any much deeper than Does that. Does he look beefier? Does he he just looks just looks like he's got an extra bit of zip. Yeah, he just, just looks a bit just stronger. Looks fitter, basically. Yeah. I just think he just yeah. It seems like he's more in tune with the game. That's all. It. Yeah. I mean, th- there wasn't much to come of it to be honest. And and and, and I totally agree with you. He should have not. That, I don't care. This first game of the season, you're. Mm-hmm. You're a Premier League footballer. Yeah. You yeah. shouldn't put it that way. It's like my brother used to say when they say, oh, he scored his weaker left foot. You're like, he shouldn't have a weaker foot. <laughs> He's a Premier League footballer <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. training every day since he was 10. Exactly. He exactly. should be having an okay foot. But is he 
Is he better as an impact sub, Jesse? Mayer? Yeah. Uh, was, well, he, he did end up on the left again. So I think, you know, any frustrations that he might harbour about that, about that remain, will remain. Um, I do worry about how much he can help out PVA and if that is an ex- a weakness that will be exposed because don't I'd, that doesn't sum up solidarity to me on the left-hand side. Um, I don't know if he's better than impact. What I really like about him is he always wants the ball. Yeah. So he was he, his body is always open to receiving the ball, and you know, we've, we've, there's not many other players you can say that about. Um, so I don't know if he he's, he's historically he's looked like we got used to him as a sub to come on on 70 minutes when uh, yeah. Roy's kind of already had that sort of preordained moment to bring Max into play for a tired MacArthur. Yeah. But I don't think we'll see that this season. I think something else will pan out. But it's too early to say what that I, is. I think mm. it's difficult for a player like Mayer because there aren't many players in the side who play a similar kind of passing game to him. So people say him will um, yeah. pair up quite well and, and look for each other. You go back a couple of years when we had Loftus-Cheek and Kabai and those last 10 games of that season, we played excellent football, interchanging, close passing. And Mayer, to me, possibly would have fitted in great in that yeah, side. Yeah. But when he's almost a square peg, you know, in a round hole in this kind of outfit. Mm. And I think or he's the only guy. For, yeah, I yeah. think people are looking for miracles from yeah. him. And maybe maybe he's not good enough. But yeah. maybe also the side is not set up for a player like him. Agreed. And it's a lot to ask of a player who hasn't had, Jesse said, much football before he came, much yeah. football since he's come. Anyway, um, you can read that article by Woozy. Uh, the lights are on at Sellers Park, but there's no strikers at home on the Athletic app. And in fact, guys, you can get... Uh, an offer via FYP. So if you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you get a 30-day free trial Ooh. and uh, 50% off your yearly subscriptions. So that's just £2.50 a month for the year, which is not bad at all. So go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to sign up now. Um, and we'll be hearing, well, we'll be doing the same every week. Taking okay. an article and talking about it Sounds on the pod. Uh, thanks to The Athletic for their support. In part four, it's your questions. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Whee! Pod 293, first pod of the season, supported by The Athletic. Go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to get a 30 day free trial and 50 pence off your year description. Yeah, right. That was too quick, really, wasn't it? We will. Hey! <laughs> That's The Athletic with an A. It doesn't work, does it? <laughs> okay. Um, question time from our listeners. Uh, Tom, I know you've been itching to talk about transfers, and you're in luck because we've got loads of questions about them. James Burfoot. Hi James. Hi James. Hello, James. Says, is there too much doom and gloom around the summer transfer activity? The squad seems more balanced to me than it did last season. The floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Well, we have one right back and um, two misfiring centre forwards. So um, my beef, and I read an article about Man City and talked about the fact that in December 2016, Pep Guardiola was sitting down with director of football, the chief exec and the chairman and they were plotting transfer strategy for the next two and a half years. And they were looking at the age of players, and they were thinking, we think we will need a centre-half in this window, we think we'll need a centre-midfielder then, this player's only got another year in him. And basically, they're talking marginal gains. Now, you're looking at a side who have the resources to buy any player they want, and yet they're still strategising. You know, Team Sky discredited, but... They, Dave Brailsford implemented marginal gains this idea of making 1% improvements yeah. wherever you can I think a club without financial resources or certainly that can't match the top four should be strategising better than any other club to try and make those marginal gains so I do not understand how we have come into this season with Joel Ward as our right back we don't have um, someone taking AWB's place um, Solos left. We've got Benteke and Wickham. Wickham's prone to injury. Benteke's misfiring. We haven't signed a replacement forward. But what we have signed are a couple of centre midfielders and another centre half. Now, the other thing where you make marginal gains is surely, as we talked about, or I talked about earlier, sign these players early so they can integrate into the squad so the team becomes more cohesive. Roy Hodgson's got more time to work with these players. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. And, you know, you can talk about the fact that one of the Americans wants out and the accounts need to be streamlined, but this is an ongoing situation. And why is that? Why does Parrish play Russian roulette with these transfers? 
why do we sign players late? And then he stands there as if we should all be grateful that he signed a 34-year-old in December on a two-year deal, what, £75,000 a week. There goes FFP again. Um, we should hail him. It's wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. The transfer strategy, the recruitment is poor and has been for some time and is not giving Hodgson or the team the best chance of success. We've definitely spoken about this before, haven't we, Enders, on the yeah, pod, and certainly on the pod, yeah, pod Extra a lot of the time. And it, it is interesting hearing Roy Hodgson talked a lot in the last few weeks about transfers and about there's, needing there's obviously new players. There's a, a lot of frustration there. You know, you we've got a director of football, haven't we? Yeah, apparently. But, apparently. James, can I just bite into for a sec? What, I'm glad Roy spoke out, but what that proved to me was he doesn't have a lot of say in transfers at no, all. So the people who are having a go at him, why didn't he bring subs on? You know, and I said to my mates, I think he looks at the bench and doesn't rate what he's got. Mm. You know, you look at him, I don't think he's being dealt the hand that he wants. Maybe he didn't play Meyer because he didn't want to buy Meyer and didn't rate him. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely no, well, we're I, never going to know, are we? We're never going to know, but there's obviously a lot of frustration from Roy. And Roy, Roy, you know, if he was maybe younger and a little bit more... And didn't and didn't want to burn any bridges at such a late stage of his life. He'd actually say a lot more about it. You know, I think he's he's obviously frustrated, but he's somewhere comfortable. Uh, he's doing as well as he can do with the cards that he's dealt. But you know, the transfer strategy is something that we talk about at the beginning of every season, and we talk about it all the way through the season. You know what? I'm, I totally agree with you. I don't know how it's going to change. I don't know who is to blame for this. Yeah, is it is it Parish? You know, is it Parish and? Doogie Freeman, I don't know, or is it the board? Well, I don't if know I can offer is. some sort of sort of devil's advocate, we none of us three in here are privy to transfer negotiations, four and I'm of us, sure. Actually. Sorry, four of us. You guys, are the important ones. Um, there's, there's a lot that happens in transfers. I'm sure Palace are going for big names, and yeah. we don't know what happens. Things might fall down, and the players we brought in, yeah, they're a bit uninspiring. They're not sexy, yeah. but if I can suggest this, they are solid players, and we are we do have a solid defence and attack and I'd almost be happy with Palace buying some solid squad players rather than front loading and buying loads of strikers Jim, no I'm defenders. not disputing that my question is do you think there is a strategy that they sat down six months ago and went oh that James McCarthy he'd add something to our team I don't believe it for one second and I, I don't have any grounds for that other than the fact that we haven't signed a right back and a centre forward you know and I I be, you know, I feel that we just pluck names out of the back of it used to be called Rothmans, and <laughs> he'll do a job. He'll do a job rather than looking at the squad. What do we need? We're tracking this person for some period of time, and we're going to make sure that we get them. I just don't believe it happens. And, well, yeah. got, well, there's a few things missing, clearly, right? So we can't use budget as an excuse because 50 million for AWB is, is a record amount for us by almost about. I don't know what was it, Bilassi the first 30 million 35 30 million yeah, yeah right so we've got a record amount of income that's come in I know there's issues with what we're putting out in terms of player wages and everything but if that if we still haven't got enough money when we're selling a 50 million pound player then we we'll, Zaha should have been sold at the, at the beginning of the, of the window and all that money should be reinvested or be more clever about it buy his replacements and then sell him so that we don't get overquoted yeah. for replacements right there's a way to do it but instead, he's going to go in January and everyone's going to know we've got that money. So that's budget can't be used as an excuse. We've already got 50 million. We could have got more for Zaha if the plan had been in place. The other problem is clearly the right decision makers are in place. And I mean Dougie Friedman because you can't tell me it's impossible to sign these players. I remember say, having this conversation on this pod at least 12 months ago talking about Richarlison. Right? How has Everton signed him? It's not a fluke. They've put, they've yeah. got the feelers out, yeah. and they've plucked a player who wasn't in the Brazil team at that point for about eleven million, and now he's in Brazil's first team. Yeah. Right? But that's that's because they've got the right people in place. And you can't tell me it's not impossible. Jimenez, where did he come from? Right? They're out there. How is Burnley signing Rodriguez, and we're not having a say in yeah, that? Yeah, for ten million. How are Villa signing a player like Heaton, and we've got stuff with Wayne Hennessy? The, it's the deals are happening. So I can't. You can't really abdicate I, for anything other than bad planning, bad management, bad people in, in, in positions of power. 100%. And we look at May and we talked about him earlier. You know, but did we really scout that player for a period of time and go, he can fit in our system? I just, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. You know, and I have no um, authority on that. But apart from the fact that I've spent a year watching him and thinking, it doesn't work. You know, and if you do your scouting properly, as Jess said, and you actually go and put feelers out, will you fit in? Where are we going to play you? 
you know, rather than a player come in from abroad a week before the season, and we still don't know what his best position is. It's farcical, you know. And is that Friedman? Is that Parrish? Is it a combination of both? Well, it's it, it's not good enough. And you know, I know I'm negative, and I know my girlfriend split up with me, but <laughs> <laughs> and she was my fiance. But and that's not the reason I'm negative. But. I just feel we are sleepwalking towards relegation. I really, really do. And, you know, I might be a doomsayer, but I think when Wilf goes, I don't trust anyone in the club to invest that money properly. I think, I think that's fair. And I think that's a lot of concerns <coughs> that other, pe- other people are worried about. And as Jesse said, the track record, other clubs are making these signings and we continue not to do that. So I think that is fair. And it does actually, as you alluded to, make Roy Hodgson's the job he's done look even more impressive. The fact that yeah. he continues to make Palace yeah. comfortably safe, yeah, comfortably safe yeah. and clear not, not get the backing. And, it, and we, we, we get questions about this a lot, especially when we get people like Steve on the podcast. And it's great that he gives up his time to come and chat to us. People always say, like, why, why do you not hear about more, more about transfers? And it would be lovely, actually, for Steve or Dougie to sit down and say, look, this is what happens in transfers. This is why doesn't have to say names. This is why this guy didn't fall through because something happened with an agent or something. You know, our scouting is like this. They probably won't. It's sensitive information. I get it. But it'd be nice to get just a bit more insight because it it just leads to us being frustrated all the time. Yeah, but there's, there's, there are no instances. I mean, I, I don't know. Are there any instances where we can look back over that, say, three or four seasons where you can tell there's been what Tom's alluding to, having some sort of scouting foresight. I don't think there has. I, mean, I don't think there's anybody. I think, don't know. Uh, well, there have been some successes. Well, you know, there's not been all but are, they, but are they successes purely not by chance? Well, well again, we chance, don't know. We're, no, we're not going to know. This. We're never going to know. But I think, I think, I think what, what Tom's saying is very, is very interesting. And, uh, and, and I think, um, I think we should all sleep on that because it's a very interesting point. And it's, um, you know, it, it does put a spin on this season because you can you can you can spin it in many ways. I spin it in the fact that Roy is doing all right with this bad yeah. hand, and we're a solid team, and we're going to be a solid team. We may have a little bit of a wobble, but we probably won't go down. You're going, we will go down. Oh, we we not we will, but we, we we're more likely to go down. I, I, I'll tell you what, though, on that, James, I think we have got the best manager for this squad yes. because he's well, pragmatic, yeah. he's yeah. organised, yeah. yeah, no, he's defensively minded. Yeah. he knows what he's doing. He's an excellent manager, and you know, when I say I think we'll go down whether it happens this season or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. or in a year to come. Whereas, as I said at the start of the pod, I think a couple of years, at the end of 2018, we had a chance to push on. Yeah. And we haven't taken that. Well, OK, let's talk about a player that um, we did sign this summer. Um, Mr. Jordan, are you? Um, was very good at, again, on Saturday. And a couple of questions. Steve Zaha Ellis... Definitely not his middle name. I <laughs> said, I was impressed with IU versus Everton. How do we fit him into a lineup that includes Wolf, Andros, and Max? P.S. Love the pod. Put him on the bench. Jordan AU is a championship signing. Absolutely. Right. I actually he's, like him. I like him. But I like him, but oh. he's a championship player. Selzy said it the other day really well that he's basically Fraser Campbell, right? It's, it's just like, yeah, for like yeah, yeah. And that, I liked Fraser Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you did Okay, so I wouldn't pick him, but I liked him. Andy Johnson was a harrier. He would hustle and he would chase a lost cause. But he'd also put 20 yeah. goals in the net. <laughs> Agreed. All right? yeah. So if you want a player to wear their nine shirt, yeah. it's, it's, that's what we expect in the Premier League. Because yeah. otherwise, we are reliant on Roy making a bunch <laughs> of average players yeah. overachieve again. Mm. And yeah. at some point, that's going to come unstuck. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, I, I still like him. But yeah, I, I see your point. Yeah, especially for a team that's been in the Premier League seven years as well. He he impressed people on Saturday because he ran around a lot. Okay, and it's exactly what you were talking about earlier. Whoever said it earlier on, saying you know it's 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 what we get with Palace players. They run around a lot. But as a Palace fan, it was you, Tom. As a Palace fan, we like players to run around a lot. And it's he, the and minimum he did requirement. That. Like work rate is the minimum requirement. Can I you imagine going to work? What have you done today? Nothing. Um, <laughs> yes, I can. Very well. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, look quickly then. A couple more questions. Richard Bushell oh, has oh, said, uh, "Quote: You don't win anything with kids, apparently. But is our squad too old?" I think it is one of the oldest squads in the Premier League, I think. Uh, One player under 26, is that right? Foresight. Foresight. You know, it's just like... (laughs) I'll go back to that article about Man City. Do you think they sit there and go, oh, we're quite old, we're quite slow? No, I don't think they do. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jess, help me out here. (laughs) What, the average age of the squad? Well, yeah, it's it's quite weird how that's crept up. I mean, but... You've got a few anomalies. Age tends to do that, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it does only go one way. <laughs> I'm finding out. <laughs> um, but yes, but there's a few anomalies in there, right? So Wardy's been with us since we've come up. He, when he was, he was a very young man when we signed him, right? Mm. But so where are those players now? We're just, we should be signing 
there was a good vision. Whoever signed Wardy. Yeah. Well, there you go. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. Half yeah. a million. What well, was that? How many years ago was that? 2012. <laughs> oh, that's a long time. Yeah. So Seven years ago. We'd like to see a bit more of, of, of that in place. But it's a bit weird because we just end up with a lot of players the same age now. It's even happening with the goalkeepers too. We don't really have a sort of up-and-coming keeper in the mid-20s that's going to... Mm. The succession plan's not there. We've got a few the same age. Yeah, we're going to get to a point where everyone's over 30 <laughs> and there's you know there's no youngsters. And, and we keep getting told it's difficult <coughs> to blood youngsters into the team, certainly in yeah. positions like goalkeeper and centre-back. But and we are going to get to a point where it's getting a bit a bit creaky. And as soon as you do have a great youngster, you sell them anyway. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'm on a WhatsApp chat with two friends, a Spurs fan and an Ipswich fan, and they as soon as the season ended, they were adamant that uh, Wilf and AWB would be sold and I was like no way I was like, there's no way they're both going and I was chuffed at that yeah, at least that right. came it up was close, I got the wrong one wrong one. I said if anyone's going to go it's Saha because yeah, he's earned so. Champions League football I was adamant that he would be the one to go yeah. I'm amazed we didn't give AWB another year mm. yeah I'm surprised but anyway anyway long live Wardy um, last couple of questions Jim Foster hi Jim, hey, Jim. Says, he says well I guess the obvious question for the start of the new season is what can we achieve with this squad and what do each of you think we will achieve? I think we can achieve good top 10. Ooh. Uh, I think we'll end up, oh my word, I think we'll end up 8th with mid-50 points. <laughs> Jim, whatever you're drinking, I want some. <laughs> <laughs> Tom? <laughs> Why are you coming to me? <laughs> I, I, I don't think... I, I don't think we'll go down this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the closest yet. Um... I think we'll struggle. I think, as I said earlier, I think a lot will depend on Will's attitude, as James and Jesse talked about, um, and how he views this season. Um, if Saka and Tompkins stay fit, I think that's a massive yeah. plus. You know, I thought last year we probably had the best back four we've had in my time watching Palace. Yeah. You know, but AWB's gone. Um, I, I, I see a season of 15th or 16th. It is weird, isn't it, seeing May United fans and all the press going, wow, this OWB is good, isn't he? He's good at tackles. And you're like, uh, we know. We've watched yeah. it for 18 months. Yeah, but that's that's what happens when you're not one of the, one of the big clubs, isn't it? Yeah. You get this hilarious. I was I, I watched uh, the Manchester United game in the, my local pub the other day and everybody's like, all these like May United fans, obviously, because I was in South London, <laughs> um, just all like, he's amazing, yeah, he's amazing. I was thinking, it's just, but that's that's football fans. They didn't. You know. They didn't even notice him in his first game, which was against Man United. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. When he completely killed it. Anyway, I you know on the AWB thing, I wish him all the best. I do too. Well, yeah. I think he's, he's he's a great <clears throat> kid. He's a great player, and I hope that he gets looked after up there. I get the feeling he's going to be more looked after than say Wilf was when he mm. went. I agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, because I think they really. They really messed up Will's head when they went up there. For oh, whatever yeah. reason, well, I don't know. really want to go into details, but whatever reason, but hopefully Ed will be, he's a really young lad. He spent all his life at Palace. It's a big club, man. You know, let's, yeah. you know, and he's conducted himself well. He, like, has, he was he's, always he's very classy. Great. And, you know, all the best to him. On Jim's question, then, where do you think we're going to going to do this season? Um, I'm with Tom. I, I, I'm not quite as negative as Tom, but um, I, 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 <laughs> I can't see as... I can't see as I see it's like really sort of mid-table so, with a bit of a wobble. What did we get usual. last season? It was 49 points last season, wasn't it? Which was our record in the Premier League. I can't see us getting that. You don't think we'll top that? Oh, well, because I, 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 I can't see where the goals are coming from. Mm. I mean, I, defensively, I mean, maybe not as good as last season, but I think, you know, we've got enough quality and experience in the defence yeah. with the signing of Cahill. Yeah, I think Cahill's a good mentioned. signing. I, I think it's a good signing. It's a solid signing, but solid solid is boring, I know. But it's a good... We've, we, I, I think we're all right. But it's just going forward. It's just that lack. And will possibly going in January. Mm. Who knows? And not not signing Mitchie back or a replacement, well, I think, shame, will, you know, and, will hit us, I think. And, you know, I don't think AO's the answer... As much as we all love Benteke, it's just like we're going to give him another season of like it's all right. He'll come soon. He'll come soon. It's is it? I don't know. That'll be so three that, years then. But that is that. That is my real worries. Scoring goals, you know. And we we even on Saturday we never really looked like we we're going to score. Really, I mean, there's a couple of chances, but it's like a, it just feels like a lack of confidence. Um, Jesse, I said twelve months ago, I can't believe that Roy's gone, entered a new season with Benteke. And I'm doubly amazed he's done it again. Yeah. Like, I just, how, how can he, honestly, if you were in a private chat with Roy, ask him, how do you feel about Benteke yeah. again as your, your lone man? And with that one striker less to work with because we don't have a lone striker yet. Um, and Solos gone. So I'm just amazed that Roy has gone for, into another season with him as the, the great hope up front. Um, well, unless he goes with Andros and Wilf. As your double act, which is likely to happen, because he's, he gets an injury here and there. So, yeah. I think was it Bournemouth we beat five three in the yeah. last game. 
So doing my fantasy football team for you like last week, <laughs> Here we go. I was looking at squads. And I went to the Bournemouth website and looked at their squads and I could not believe how strong they are yeah. in every position throughout. They've still got Begovic and he's yeah. not even playing, right? Yeah. So I, we finished just above them, I think. I think so year. in the end, yeah. I, I think this is the season where we finish below teams like that. I think they, those teams are moving on and we're not going to keep up. So I still, I think it really ends up echoing what these guys have said. It's going to be a 15th, 16th. Um, and yeah, the, 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 hit, the sort of worry that Wilf leaves in January without us probably not replacing him properly yeah. uh, is, is, looking, is looking quite likely. So, yeah. But I'm sure the club are looking at players now to replace Wilf, aren't they? Tom, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they've got somebody targeted to pick up cheaply at the beginning of January, yeah. just in case we sell Wilf. I'm sure that's why. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone <laughs> know. Uh, okay, finally then for questions for the first pod of the new season, Robbie Scotcher, hey, Robbie. Hi, Robbie, friend of the pod, Robbie uh, says um, he's quote tweeted an article from America that says from 41 Action News uh, that says a sinkhole roughly the size of six to seven washing machines, has closed the northbound lanes of State Line Road near 100th Street in Kansas City. And he's put, in light of this new measure, unit of measurement, uh, what unit would the podders use to gauge your excitement for this season? <laughs> 14 tumble dryers. Okay, out of 100. 15. Oh, yeah. 15. Oh, okay, right. I don't know. Um, I'd probably go for... Uh, one of those sort of faulty washing machines in in the bargain section in in Dixon's um, <laughs> when I went in there to buy a new one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go for. I'm feeling on a scale of Mark Brights. I'm feeling ten Mark Brights out of a hundred that this Ooh, season's going to really? be. Really, that's one. very negative. That's very negative. I mean, no, ten out of twenty. Yeah, ten, no, ten Mark Brights. That's how I'm feeling out of twenty. <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm not even going to ask Tom. I've no idea what's going, going on. He's going to one one opal fruit out of a hundred. Do they have opal fruits? One aki real arty out of a hundred. <laughs> I, I don't get it. It's That's actually bang on. That's bang on. Anyway, Robbie, thanks for your question. Yeah, nice one, Robbie. Uh, uh, after I look the... forward to your next question. I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, after the break, we're going to preview our second game of the season. That's away at Sheffield United. Welcome back to the Five Pine Podcast. Hooray! First pod of the season, pod 293. Um, and our second game of the season is away at Sheffield United, who, of course, got Ooh. a late one-all draw at Bournemouth. Um, Billy Sharp prodding in the late goal there. Very, very sharp for the Blades. Hey. Hey. I'm off. So let's get cut. <laughs> um, Tom, what do, we, what do we reckon then for this game? Obviously, our away form was very good last season, <laughs> yeah. and everyone will they'll be aware of that massively. Can, can we kick on again? So, you know, we started last season with a win away at Fulham. Something like that would be lovely again, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I think it's probably the worst time to play Sheffield United. The first home game. They'll be up for it. Um, they will be up for it. They'll be buoyant, taking in last season's form. I think you'd rather play them at home than away. Having gone up there a few times, it can be quite raucous. Um, I think Wilder's a good manager. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a point, and I probably wouldn't be unhappy with it. Yeah, would a point would a point be a good a good I return? Think a point would be great. Yeah, you know, as as you say, it's it's their first home game after coming up. Um, they'll be right up for it. It is a very raucous crowd up there. They'll, you know, yeah. they're they're. They're a big club, Sheffield United. Yeah, you know? yeah. they're, they're, they're they're a lot bigger than we give them credit for, or people give them credit for. Um, I'd be happy with the point. I'd like it to be a score draw, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just, just, like to, or just to get off the mark. Yeah, yeah, get off the mark. I, I like Sheffield United. I remember going up there in 2009 when Nicky Cole scored a last-minute volley. Anyone remember that? Absolute scenes. I always remember, was mugging off Paddy well, Kenny. It was brilliant. Obviously, we all love Sheffield United because the day when we, the famous day we played Sheffield Hot Wednesday. Well, we oh, know, when we we went, oh of course, Hillsborough, sorry. The Hillsborough day, when we coming back to the train station yes. after the game, all these Sheffield, loads of Sheffield United fans bought Crystal Palace hats, scarves, <laughs> badges off us. I mean, all these Sheffield United fans are wearing Palace because we just <laughs> yeah. um, we just sent Wednesday down. I remember walking so, into a pub and it was full of Sheffield United fans. It was like being a rock star. Yeah, Everyone was, was like applauding us. So we didn't do anything, guys. We, we were just there. Um, Jesse, do we think Zaha be back in the, in the starting lineup? I was going to say, that's, that's my hope for us on Sunday. I think... Um, They'll obviously he'll be a boo boy for them. They'll they'll target him. So, uh, which is which is good yeah. for us. Yeah, I yeah. Think he'll um, he'll like, uh, rise to it. Definitely. Like he did at Huddersfield last yeah. year. Yes. Exactly. Like, so let's hope for something like that. Basically, and we're not having any chat about VAR. Uh, we haven't really got time. We could do VAR next. I mean, there'll be plenty more of our opportunities. Yeah. I think throughout this season. I think you've done very well not to mention VAR. Do you like it, Jess? Uh, In a word, yes or no? No, it's like football's Brexit. Oh. 
horrendous. It's I agree. Horrendous. I love it. That it's... terrible bit on uh, the game on Saturday, and all of a sudden it said, no red card. I was like going, what? What are you on about? Is it that yeah, important she... to get every decision right? Yeah. It's just no. not. I love it. It's football's Jordan, are you? I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> right. Thank you very much for joining us, lads. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to our first pod of the season. The pod extra is still here and you can still subscribe via Patreon. It's still $3 a month, which is £2.35 or something. you got to believe it, man. $3? <laughs> so there you I, go. I ain't going to for that. Where is that from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And, of course, thank you to our supporters this season, The Athletic. Go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to get a 30-day free trial and 50% off the rest of your year's subscription. Well worth the money. Um, That's it. We're back again with you next week. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you again soon. Goodbye. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.